What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Core Consults RX podcast. And Cole and I have a special guest today. Dr. Kristen Ingold is with us to share a very cool project that she's working on. Dr. Ingold, Kristen, how's it going? It's good, Mike. Cool. Thanks for having me on the podcast tonight. Yes, absolutely. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Um, we uh, we heard your, you know, you sent us that email, and we're talking about the project that you're working on, and it's uh, very, very intriguing, and I think an awesome, you know, thing to kind of have for students. So I'm excited to to hear more about it. And more importantly, I think this is a good example that um, we do actually read our emails. <laughs> We don't yes. just ignore all of them. That's a very good point, Cole. Thank and you. And if you have very interesting projects, you might end up on the podcast. <laughs> As opposed to uh, some of the emails we get about how, can you just sell my product for me for free? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, those get an immediate delete <laughs> to, start, to the trash can. Um, anyways, <laughs> Kristen, uh, so before we even get into the project, you know, I always like to kind of hear your uh, origin story as far as, you know, your career path into pharmacy. So you're a PGY2 right now? Oh, I wish. No, just PGY-1. Getting okay. Into the- right on. Um, how's, you know, everything going so far with residency? And, and even, you know, more on that, like how, how did you kind of pick, you know, the residency that you're in currently? Sure. So um, first I'd like to mention that I'm actually from Southern Illinois near St. Louis. Um, and so now I'm a PGY-1 resident at a large academic health center in Norfolk, Virginia. So you know, how did I choose East Coast? Um, well, first, I I was told when I started working in a hospital pharmacy like four or five years ago, you know, experience something new somewhere else. Like take every opportunity that you can to, to do something different. And clearly that piece of advice stuck with me as now I'm 14 hours from home and um, and also my fiance lives here. So it's always nice going through something new and very challenging, such as residency with a really great support system. So um, that's kind of how I found myself with this program specifically. And then it typ- it kind of like checked all the boxes that I was looking for in a program. Very cool. Um, so is it a uh, like a general PGY-1 or do you on like an AmCare path or what are you doing? Like what's your plan for the future? Yeah, so the PGY-1 I'm in right now is general. Um, It would set me up if I want to specialize in an area. Um, Two areas I'm interested in right now are infectious disease and transplant pharmacy. Um, And I say that because I just am finishing my first rotation at this uh, residency tomorrow, and I spent the last six weeks all in transplant. And I've actually really loved it. I was pretty scared going into it. Um, but that's been really interesting. So just right now, kind of feeling out the different areas of pharmacy and trying to keep my head above the water with the residency and seeing where life takes me. But just doing hospital is pretty much where I want to go. Cool. Yeah. Super cool. That's all. So your first rotation of your residency was transplant? transplant? Yeah. Oof. They Did- took me and they just- Threw me to the wolves. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Did uh, did you have a transplant rotation or anything when you were a P four? I did not. No. Oh man. So yeah, that's no kid. It really is throwing you to the wolves. That's 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 good though. It's uh, it's got to get easier from here now. That's a tough tough you know unit to work <laughs> with the first time. So that's awesome. That's what they say. Um, but we'll see. So inpatient, uh, most likely acute care type stuff is where you're going to end up at. Very cool. 
So, you know, one of the things that uh, I feel like we've mentioned multiple times is, especially when we're doing one of these episodes where we're talking to students or trying to give our version of advice or whatever, um, you know, one of the things I feel like we've mentioned uh, is, you know, kind of finding ways to stand out and, you know, make a name for yourself and network and all that stuff. Because we all, you know, know the traditional... um, we'll call it the baby boomer uh, methods for networking before. Is that what they are? <laughs> That's what I just call it. I, I just offended half of our listeners. So what um, are we about to give? The millennial methods? The millennial. The, the, millenni- M- the M&Ms? <laughs> the millennial methods. Check this out. So we're, um, what we're talking about is, you know, we go to the conferences and, you know, the, the traditional ways of networking. I'm obviously joking about the baby boomer thing, but everybody kind of does those things. They join their professional organizations and, you know, a lot of those types of things. But that's it. I feel like everybody does that so it's not really standing out i mean if you don't have those things that's probably letting you stand out in a bad way um but you know as far as like amongst the people who are going to be competitive for certain positions and whatnot you know it's it's you need something even more that so that's kind of out of the box or you know a way to kind of stand out and so i really like when people take the opportunity to not only find a unique way of making you know either doing a project or making a name for themselves in a unique way but also doing that in a way that benefits a lot of other people too because obviously it's not you know it's one thing to make a name for yourself but if you can do that and kind of pass it on to the next you know up-and-coming class or generation if even you know that's the best of both worlds so that's what i liked about the project you're working on Kristen. so tell us uh i guess a quick summary since i've been giving like hinting at it enough but a quick summary of, like what it is and then kind of like how you know really like how'd you come up with this like what made you kind of go down this path in the first place sure so My project that I've worked for over the past year on is taking residency program directors' advice and opinions, their direct answers, and putting all of those into topic-specific videos that are free to the public, posted on YouTube, um, to help guide those students who are interested in residency understand more of the process and the application and what their what the RPDs, excuse me, residency program directors, I'm going to use the term RPDs, um, what they're looking for in a candidate and their own thoughts on it. So that way, these, these candidates, like it's a scary process going to residency. So I, I've created all of these videos just to help anyone who's interested and, and kind of calm their nerves a little bit. Yeah. I mean, so, j- just generally hearing the idea, even before getting into the weeds of what you did and, and how you did it. I mean, what is the question that all the students are asking their whole four years is like, what do residencies want? Like, what do I need to be doing? Do I need to make straight A's? Do I need to do research? Where should I be working? All these questions. I mean, I think that what better way to answer it is that to take the the people who are going to be in charge of letting you into the residency and hearing what they have to say, because otherwise you're hearing it from current residents, faculty, even other students, but from, from the mouths of, uh, RPDs, random right. dudes that have a podcast and random. just give their random subjective opinion on what we think is good. Random apparent millennials <laughs> talking to microphones. Yeah. There's yeah. so many different aspects that go into a residency application that it's, it's incredibly uh, overwhelming and nerve wracking to even know where to begin. Like you said, Cole. Yeah. And I mean, you've just gotten, especially if you're just starting pharmacy school, you just finished up two or three or four years of undergrad and you just went through this whole process of, 
having to apply and then wait on an answer and, you know, figure out where I'm going to go. I mean, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, maybe I don't want to have to worry about that my whole four years and I could just start working. Uh, but to be able to give some clarity and some answers as to, you know, what are they looking for? Where, how can you be more targeted in what you're doing so you don't have to just worry about this looming thing for the whole three years? It's great. So how did you kind of come up? I mean, obviously you probably just were going off of some of the questions you had when you were, you know, kind of going through the process, but what made you go with this method of like actually like getting in touch with, um, you know, people in charge of these residencies and, and, and getting their, you know, the interviews going, you know, what made you actually kind of go that route and making your own video compilation? Yeah. So I was the president of the society, the, oh my gosh. Society, student Society of Health System Pharmacists at my school of pharmacy. It's It's been like a year and I already forgot what I did <laughs> in school. Isn't that great? Um, to, to kind of boost my CV, have a leadership role, stand out. Um, and so that meant I did a lot with talking to other students about residency and working close with some faculty members on um, preparing our, our students for residency. And the idea was not mine in the slightest. It was definitely my mentor's. Um, and we noticed that my school of pharmacy's match rate, um, so the percent of students who apply to residency and then those who successfully match, that leads to the match rate through ASHP. And we noticed that my school's match rate was dropping over the past few years. And we kind of thought, well, why? Um, and, you know, a lot of schools of pharmacy have these extracurricular sessions for students to attend on residency prep. They have mock interviews, they have CV reviews, you know, to, to help their students in any way. Well, my school did the same thing, um, but with faculty members leading everything. And so we were thinking that maybe the current RPDs, like their thoughts and opinions changed on what they wanted. And, you know, my faculty members at the school, like their, their advice was out of date. So my mentors were like, okay, you're outgoing enough. Just go and go to these sites, interview these, these people. I'm like, come again. Like what? I'm just a P3, P4 student. Like, no. Um, and, and they, they mentioned, you know, to graduate at my school of pharmacy, we have to have a complete research project, manuscript and poster presentation. So this was kind of my project laid into my lap. So I said, well, I need something. So let's do it. Like I was passionate about it. And the plan was to go and interview the residency program directors with a list of questions in person. Ironically, COVID happened mm. and we thought, well, we'll just make it virtual. And that turned out to be a good thing because ASHP mid-year is virtual. A lot of things have gone virtual. So it helps students as well hear super up-to-date advice on what the RPDs are going to do with their program moving into a virtual interview platform and and applications and things like that. And I guess, so you made a video. So if it was in person, would you have been able to do the video the same way or would it have totally changed? Because unless you like had a camera with you. The the intent was to still do a video, okay, but gotcha. we also threw out, we threw out the, the idea of podcast. Cause I told them, I said, Hey, I listened to this really cool pharmacy podcast for console RX. Like maybe I could be the next uh, <laughs> pharmacy podcast on the block. You definitely, if we can do it, you definitely can do it for sure. Believe me, probably you're much more well spoken than we are. Yeah, yeah so, have you heard I mean, us? You probably you would fly past our our numbers in about three seconds, probably. Um, but yeah, you know, that's that's cool. So, like, 
you know, was the original plan like to actually like bring a camera and set it up and like when you meet them and everything? Yeah, that was the original plan. And then quickly we realized, well, maybe it'll be easier to do it virtually. So I feel, I feel like that it probably ended up being a good thing too, because just because someone's in that role doesn't mean that they're super, um, you know, outgoing or, you know, comfortable on camera. Cause when there's a camera filming you, even when there's a microphone in front of you, I feel like we have people that are, I mean, high level professors and stuff like that. They come on the podcast and it's just like, they freeze for a couple seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just like that weird nervousness just cause they've, you know, haven't done it. I feel like a zoom call is a lot less uh, mm-hmm. in- intimidating for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. So that probably like allowed them to maybe even open up a little bit more without being the nervousness of a camera on them. Yeah, and I agree. And some of them didn't want to have their camera on, and that was totally okay. Um, I mean, the whole point was me asking questions on on key specific topics um, through, like, the Zoom platform. Um, So I was very standardized across all the residency program directors. Um, And the the major topics, which I know this is what all the listeners want to hear, like, just tell me what's in the video. Um, So focusing on the RPD's thoughts on GPA and electives that students take as fourth years. Um, the top three items that they look for on your curriculum vitae. Thoughts on the online application system for residency. The do's and don'ts in writing your letter of intent, which we can touch on a little bit later. Letter of intent is a huge part of the application. Um, tips for when you get to the interview that RPD's look for common characteristics of successful residents and kind of what to expect. And then the purpose and impact of national versus local meetings and residency showcases, thoughts on business cards and follow-up, you know, how to appropriately thank someone after a conversation or meeting. Um, And then the impact that social media can have on a candidate, which I always ended with because it's, it's a fun topic. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think you nailed all of them. So this was this, you had to do a project to graduate. How do you think yes. that would have gone with us, Mike, if we had to have a poster presentation Dude. before they would let us become PharmDs? Think it been a problem? <laughs> I feel like we would have come up with something, but I don't <laughs> well, think I mean, it would have been a, as useful as, we as, had the, as uh, Kristen's is. Did y'all have like a grand round seminar presentation or was it the, the project was y'all's kind of big thing for your fourth year? You know, I hear you all talk about that grand rounds that your students have to do, and it intimidates me because I didn't have to do anything like that. Oh, it was annoying, but to, but so to me, the as a fourth year, the research on my own and the poster presentation would have intimidated me. But yeah, the I guess we had a, somewhat of an equivalent with the the um, presentation. So I feel like looking back now, especially after doing a lot more talking um, than I did back then in front of people when I hear students that are freaking out about it now and they're like, it's, you got to talk for 30 I know. minutes. <laughs> I'm just like 30 minutes. I could get up and talk about pretty much any topic and just bull crap my way through it for 30, <laughs> for 30 minutes. minutes. Yeah. So it is pretty funny to hear, but no grand rounds. Your sounds much more difficult than grand rounds is. Don't, don't be impressed by our stuff at all. Yeah. And even for somebody who, especially at that time was not a good public speaker at all. For me, the more annoying thing was all the time intensive creation of the slides. But then now Mike's created like tens of thousands of slides and presentations. So it's, it's the he, worst. You've done like a hundred thousand. You've done like two hundred grand rounds. So many grand. <laughs> you've just done so many grand rounds. <laughs> That's not true, Kristen. But I, I, my, uh, my slides are made for like students in the classroom, not for an actual research right. project. No one near as in depth. Plus, if there's if I'm wrong on the slides, no one knows because I'm the one teaching. <laughs> there's no professor judging you. It's just <laughs> great. I don't know. get a grade. I just get a paycheck. 
Um, anyways. Anyways, that's enough of that nonsense. Yeah. The uh, So what was how would the how was the reaction to the project itself um when you were first bringing it up to like kind of talk to these um the, the rpds like the, just the different rpds at the different sites like was it like oh great idea let's do that or was there some like we any responses you weren't expecting i won't say there were any responses that i wasn't expecting it was either i got a response that said, oh my goodness, this is a great idea. I'd love to participate. Let's schedule a time. Um, or they just really didn't respond or say, you know, this is a great idea, but I can't fit this in with my schedule. So how many so. did you reach out to and how many did you end up interviewing? That's something I should have looked back on because what I did is I went to the residency directory site for ASHP. That is gonna be any student who is interested in residency. That's your key website. The residency directory. I went there and I just started pulling contact information from different states. Nice. It was my methodology really wasn't there, um, but the emails were sent. I got some responses and we made something happen. Nice. Yeah. Methodology is overrated anyway. As long yeah. as you get the results, right? Yeah, for sure. Is that the best way to approach research? Yeah. Just get the results. Results oriented. <laughs> um, so. What was your, um, I guess, uh, favorites probably not the best word to put it, but what was the, the, the topic or the question that you liked to the most um, as far as hearing the responses? The question, well, I liked the fun one that I asked about social media because mm. it always caught the RPDs off guard. Um, Which is hilarious. <laughs> right? Some of, like, some of them were a little older, you know, more practiced and other ones were younger. Um, and so you can definitely tell in the videos between the advice, the difference there. Um, but something I really enjoyed hearing about, I think was the letter of intent. Okay. Um, and I say that because I, I phrased it in a way that I asked what their favorite or best letter of intent they've ever read was. Hmm. And they were allowed to see the questions before time beforehand. So that way they were, they were prepared. Um, and, and some of their descriptions of, of how in-depth and, and thoughtful these letters were um, and really, like, drew the reader in um, were, were really interesting to hear. I really enjoyed that. So if you had to give your takeaway points, uh, points that maybe people don't generally think of, like stuff that you didn't really think of, what would you say are the kind of your takeaways from all of your interviews? Just a couple, two, three things that you would think would be the most important that most people don't realize. In general or specifically with the letter of intent? Um, in general. In general. Perfect. Um, I would say things that I didn't think of was that every RPD is looking for this mythical thing in the interview called fit. Um, and you, they're just trying to assess your personality and how you're going to fit in with their team. And there is honestly nothing a candidate can do about that. And so although it was something I didn't think about, it was incredibly frustrating to hear mm -hmm. because you could check all of their boxes, but this other candidate could just, for lack of a better term, vibe better with the team. Um, and then that's that. But don't let that discourage you. I mean, if you if you check all the boxes, if, if you have. Um, all this great experience and, and you're able to show that in the interview, that means a lot too. 
See, to mm. me, that's very encouraging because I would be like, okay, so I didn't check all these boxes, <laughs> but maybe if I can vibe with the team and, and can fit, then I have a chance. I usually try to rely on mostly charisma when it comes to like getting a position or anything I'm trying to go after. Like, listen, I didn't check any of the boxes, so here's the thing. Um, I, you're gonna, I'm cool to work with, so if you can like let me in here, that'd be dope. I'm really nice. <laughs> I'm a yes man. I'll say whatever you want me to say. <laughs> well, maybe not, but... What, what, um, I mean, is there a way that students can work on that? I mean, as far... Did you get an idea of like when they say like vibe with them, was there like like certain personality traits that they kind of tended to gravitate towards or did you get any sort of vibe for that? Or was it literally just different for every one of them? Since I interviewed them all virtually, it was a little difficult to kind of pick that up. However, I think some common themes across all the interviews was someone who knows their place. Like, and I, I say that as in like, we're all doctors of pharmacy. We're all super knowledgeable. We, we know medications really well, but to make sure that you know how to be professional on the team and like phrase your recommendations correctly um, and, and not be cocky, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, so, so just, and also just be a person. In all of these interviews, they, the RPDs kind of emulated that they don't want to just interview a robot, especially it's so difficult now that everything's virtual, but you kind of have to show that you're not just there to say, well, have you seen my CV? And, and I have these grades. Like you also need to ask and get to know the individual. Like, I don't know, ask about their hobbies. I always did. And yes, it threw them off guard, but they really enjoyed talking about themselves. People like to talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. It's true. I definitely do. That's why we're on a podcast. That's true. That's why we bought these microphones. <laughs> no, but I mean that that definitely makes sense as far as and it's actually good. To, I like that that's the case because I feel like a lot of that type of you know residency prep stuff always felt robotic to me. Like when I was a student, I was always kind of like, okay, I gotta do this, gotta do that. Just very cookie cutter. Um, I do like that the you know that the whole. Yeah, I actually like the terminology used of vibing with the, the RPD because I, I mean, you're going to spend a lot of time with that person and, you know, personalities like they get along and things like that. It definitely, uh, you know, I would want someone that I enjoy being around versus someone that I couldn't stand being around. Right. Um, so, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And to your point about like, how are they phrasing the recommendations? I mean, what you're getting at is, are they going to represent our pharmacy team well to the rest of the healthcare professionals, like interprofessionally? Are they going to roll in there and say, I'm fresh out of school, I got all the knowledge, take all my recommendations, or you're a dummy? Or are they going to build relationships with providers and nurses and clinic staff and make recommendations that are beneficial and kind of have a back and forth and that sort of thing? And so, yeah, I guess as best they can read that in an interview, they'll try to, and I'm sure, lean towards that. Yes, absolutely. Um I had a train of thought to follow on that, and there it went. It just left. <laughs> it's all, it, it'll come back. Um, so you said that the letter of intent that was like probably one of the most important aspects of it. Can you give us like a little bit of an idea as far as like what that entails, or like what makes that the most important piece? What I heard from a lot of RPDs that I interviewed, and I interviewed roughly twenty six, hmm. uh, was that. 
the best letter of intent that they've read tell a story. It's not just, hi, my name is X. I'm interested in your program for X, Y, Z. I love pharmacy because X, thanks for your time and, and moving on. Something that's not generic. And I know students always hear, don't make it generic, address it to the right person, watch your grammar. Okay. Like your, your best friend, your faculty member, they'll tell you that all day long. But what these residency program directors are looking for is that personal touch, is that story. And it doesn't have to always be pharmacy. Like my letter of intent, I focused on triathlon and I used triathlon and balancing three different sports and kind of transformed that into balancing everything with pharmacy. And I got, I'm, I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but in my interviews, I got a lot of compliments from like the residents and anyone who read it um, about that personal touch. And they really felt like they knew me before I got on site. And that's key. Well, I didn't go on site, but before my interview. Hmm. Um, and that's key is that your, your interview, like we mentioned, is very robotic. Your application, oh my gosh, your application is so robotic. You're putting in letters of rec from, pe- from like your preceptors. You're putting in your CV, your work experience, you know, all the, all the basic things. The letter of intent is really where you can put who you are into your application and draw that residency program director in and, and make them think, I want to know that person. I want to talk to that person. So it turns That's- out I sh- should have paid attention in my creative writing classes when I was younger, because I'm not a creative writer at all. Like when, when I learned in college that I could write like scientific papers and it could just be like staccato sentences with strict data, I was like, this is the best. You're telling me I don't have to make up stuff for English anymore? Not creative. So I would have been very bad at that. I didn't have to write a letter of intent. For, well, I, I guess I did for, for various things, but maybe they weren't all that great. <laughs> but yeah, that's good. Fantastic advice, because uh, yeah. I, I may be... Maybe I could use like Fiverr to get somebody to help me with my letter of intent. You know? Yeah, that's that's true. But so I mean, is and I completely agree with you that it, you know that that makes complete sense that you having to kind of tell a story and all that. How how do you kind of balance like telling a story and being honest with embellishment? Because I feel like that would be the temptation there. Is and and I'm speaking from me too. I'd be like, I I could make this sound pretty cool if I really kind of pushed it a little bit. True, so, I definitely see that there could be a line because if you're reading and it's just a little bit over the top, you know, how was that perceived? That's a good good question. Yeah, I think it's an excellent question and something that a lot of students think about doing. And I don't know how many actually go through and kind of you know go over the top or maybe exaggerate in their letter of intent. But be warned, in a lot of interviews, the, the residency program director has it in hand and they will ask you specifics and you don't want to be caught off guard and then have to kind of lie your way through an interview. I mean, do we want to be known as the most trustworthy profession or are we going to be liars? <laughs> no, I agree for sure. That, that would be pretty funny if you got caught in that moment. <laughs> See, the problem is I've done things that sound like they couldn't have happened, like when I wrestled that crocodile in um, in uh, Australia. So I probably shouldn't put that in there because then they wouldn't believe me. I don't feel like that ever happened. but Well, I mean, you don't know. Cole didn't wrestle an alligator. Zero percent chance that happened. <laughs> uh, just so we, I, I wasn't there, but I know for a fact that it didn't happen. <laughs> but... Um, so, you know, as far as like the personality of the RPDs, how did you, if you were interviewing, if you were, oh, you were interviewing them, but if you were having, if you, if they were applying to be like an RPD at your hospital or, you know, whatever, 
what what stood out about some of them versus others that maybe impressed you on the other end? Again, I'm going to go back to that mythical fit. There were some interviews that I, I loved. I was like, wow, this would be me and this RPD. Like maybe I should apply to their program. And then there were other RPDs that, you know, it was more structured. Um, they were very professional and I asked the questions they answered and that was pretty much it. So um, but besides that, just their language and, and the way they spoke, the way their body movements, even on camera, um, I'm, I'm the type of person to kind of recognize that and then reciprocate it just to make things flow a little bit better. Um, so, so that's something I would look for if I was interviewing somebody. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, as far as, you know, the... I guess the overall like attitude towards, you know, students coming in to doing these interviews and stuff. Did you, did you get a sense that some of the OPDs like had more of a, like a love for what they do than others? Like, or did you feel like across the board, it seemed like, cause you, what I'm getting at is like, you'll have like some clinicians, for example, that love medicine because of the scientific aspect of it, but like their bedside manner is just not quite there because they just, the person that they they don't have that connection between that patient as a person necessarily. But did you feel like there was some like preceptors you could just feel from them or um, RPDs rather that you could just feel from them. They're like, Oh, this person just loves mentoring and like helping students and things like that. Or was it, does that a pretty common theme amongst them in general? Did some stand out amongst the others? Across the board, across the board, like thinking back, I can definitely see that, care that passion um for helping the residents for being that guide uh, in every single one of them um and i i think that is what an rbt rpd should be um, they should be excited they should be supporting the residents and and all the ones that i interviewed definitely uh showed that that's awesome very cool very cool so you had it was a project you had results and you presented it so were the results good or did it just turn out to be a complete waste of time? I doubt the latter. The million dollar question. So my project that I actually presented on and did some analyses was just on six of the interviews, making videos on those six interviews and giving it to my classmates to see the match rate of our class. And then after I did that is when I interviewed the other 20 RPDs and then made this like a national project from different regions across the United States to really get a good, well-rounded you know, project together that everyone can use. But so like my project, and this is why I think everyone should go and check out these videos, is because I took, there were 22 students that used my videos and then there were 14 students that did not use the videos and they all applied for residency in the group that had the videos, 91% of the match. And then in the group that did not use the videos, only 50% of the match. Um, and that came out via Fisher's exact to a P value of 0.0014. 
So it was statistically significant. Wow. Nice. That's super cool. And I I'm I actually didn't realize that you used <coughs> students in the same class instead of just comparing a full class to like the previous year's class. So that's pretty interesting. I'd hate to be like the placebo group in this situation. I'd be so <laughs> tempted to watch the videos and be like, all these people are going to have a leg up because I can't watch these videos. And then to not get into residency, that'd be a big bummer. That would. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, <laughs> that's Hopefully they got in on the spin they, or something. Oh so, they got, oh, so they got to pick if they watched them or not. Yeah, I sent okay. out my consent, my IRB oh. exemption consent, and I said, join the study or not. I'll send you a private link to the videos if you join. So, I mean, kind of kind of bribed them, but shh, don't tell the IRB that. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so good. So it wasn't like you said, you guys can, like, you have to be blinded to these videos and you just can't watch oh, them no, no matter what. So they got to choose. Okay, that's good. That makes yeah, me feel better. So they cho- chose their own demise. But see, but here's the other thing, though. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Are the ones that watch the videos the ones who are already very dedicated to getting a residency, and that's why they went that extra mile anyway? Or is it been the slackers like I probably would have been in when I was that age? Um, would have been like, oh, dude, I don't need these videos. I'm good, and then went that route anyway. Is that did that? Did did you get a look at baseline uh, characteristics? <laughs> baseline GPA. I, I, I did a little bit. Um, there were many limitations to my uh, And I'm totally teasing you too. But. but now everyone can just have access. They don't have to consent to anything. Um, you know, definitely that, that probably played into it. You know, more intrinsically motivated to seek out more help. Um, the videos range from five to 15 minutes. So super quick. Um, and you could even like, I wish I just made them audio files so you could listen to them like a podcast, but I didn't do that. Do you have the like that like the original file like video file still? Oh, I have everything on multiple flash drives. Uh, I'll <laughs> show you. I'll, I'll show you how to pull out the audio file so you can make it into a podcast if you want. It'll take three seconds. It's easy. <laughs> I should. I should. Yeah. No, that, that's that's definitely cool, and obviously, obviously, I'm joking about the limitations because you know, oh. I'm totally joking. But um, that's uh, you know the the number of videos and the, like the insight that I can provide, like I hope people would be willing to take advantage of that, especially, and you have these available for anyone to listen to or watch for free, right? Like there's no program or anything. I mean, cause this is actually stuff that you could legitimately turn into uh, something you sell really. Um, so the fact that you're just putting this out there for people to just use is, is awesome. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, if you're not going to take advantage of something so <laughs> easily accessible and free, then well, yeah, I can only think – I watched countless YouTube videos before my pharmacy school interviews, I recall, and filled out – I mean, did a lot of different things. So I'm, I'm sure that people would take advantage of it. So you had to get IRB approval for this thing because I know that can be a pain. Not at my school because the research requirement, we have our own IRB gal mm-hmm. in the school of pharmacy. So it was – Super quick. Oh, nice. And I was like best friends with her. I, I befriended her. Nice. She liked me. A very master cool. networker. A master networker it right is, here. I like it is this. who you know. I like it. So, so how do you how do you find them? What's the best way to find them? Oh, find the videos. Yeah, yeah they're on YouTube um, under the YouTube channel S I U E Space Pharmacy. Um, I, because I went to that school of pharmacy, so I just used their YouTube page. And, and Mike, as you alluded, I totally could have made a website, charged a dollar to view the videos or something. Um, but then I thought, one, that's too much work. I'm starting residency soon. Two, 
don't, I don't need that. You've also like, got to I, think much bigger. Like it should have been like $150 <laughs> instead oh of $1. You know goodness. what I mean? <laughs> no. Well, and, and the thing is though, is th- that gets you a, a lot of opportunities that are going to open up, which are going to le- end up leaving, leading to dollars anyway. That's the part that everybody always forgets. Everybody, like the short term thinking of like, I can, you know, make a couple bucks off this random stuff or I can use this to open the gateway for a whole bunch of other opportunities. It's going to make me a lot more money. Um, is that missing piece? A lot of people tend to not, uh, think about, you know, it's everybody, it's great to do something for the love of it and all that. And obviously the money, you know, part of it is a realistic thing because it's your time and everything, but the money will come if you're doing stuff for the right reasons. Yeah. Someday you might get on a podcast or something like that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, maybe like maybe like maybe like a good podcast, but not this one. <laughs> you were you were the first uh, podcast I thought of, so I mean, you're the top of my Spotify. We appreciate it. That's we're the awesome. one that responded to the emails. Me, I don't know. You know how she went to the residency um, uh, site and pulled all the emails and emailed a whole bunch of residency program directors. She totally emailed a bunch of podcasts, and then we're just the ones who responded. Right? <laughs> just joking. Just joking. Yeah. The um. Sorry, what'd you say? Oh, I was talking to a, a student who's on rotation here at my current residency site, and they said they listened to a podcast on their drive-in. And I said, what podcast? <laughs> and then said, oh, you know, it's one out of, like, MUSC, like, core console. I'm like, I'm emailing the <laughs> right now. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so I just had a thought about something. It, go, it kind of, I don't mean to trail back to the original thing about, you know, vibing with the, the RPDs and stuff, but I just had a thought. Because, like, there's not really any good way of, like, teaching that ability because some people's personalities just don't mesh. However, I feel like, and this is just, I'm just throwing this out there kind of, you know, so we can all talk about it. But um, I feel like as you usually people tend to when they're, like, going into pharmacy school, like, when you start making your friend groups, you know, you tend to just kind of naturally gravitate towards people that have, like, common interests or, like, similar personalities or, you know, what have you. You see that's all the way down the grade school and stuff like I feel like this is a good example of like why it's so important to start trying to befriend all the people that you meet and it maybe doesn't have to be like super close friendships but like spending time with people that maybe don't have the same personality as you or completely separate interests and think one I think that's just overall as a person it helps you kind of grow and stuff like that but I feel like that's one of the only things you could do to kind of like help hone that skill if you will of like because I feel like my f- friend groups and things like that couldn't be more different. I have some of the most nerdy friends you've ever met, and then I also have some of the most, you know, gym rat, meathead idiots you've ever known too. And I love them all, but it's like I feel like that's almost helped me um, kind of navigate, you know, my career so far is because I can kind of vibe, if you will, with a lot of with people from very different backgrounds that sometimes wouldn't even vibe with each other. But I can kind of like. Um, find the common, you know, ground in both sets. And I think that that is almost something that comes with practice in, in to get yourself out of your natural, comfortable wheelhouse, if you will. Yeah. And that way, when you sit down with the RPD, you can gauge where they're at on that gym rat to nerd spectrum and then hone in on that and it's, mesh with them. It's an interview. important, it's an important spectrum to be familiar with for yeah, sure. For sure. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. Um, and, and that's something throughout pharmacy school, there are ample opportunities um, and you can start at any time, like go to a volunteer event or join um, one of the like introductory 
meetings to an organization. And that doesn't mean you need to join, but that, that makes you go and, and meet somebody new. If you see someone sitting alone or a small group, like just walk up and say hi, introduce yourself. I mean, the worst they can do is, you know, say, oh, okay, yeah, we're here, you're there. And then you're like, okay, well, I learned how to start a conversation and end a conversation. Those are two key important points on how to be a little more extroverted and a little more conversational. So Absolutely. It's true. I, I don't think I ever learned the second one, how to end a conversation. I just start to kind of mumble and then walk away. And it never gets a good response. Yeah. They're like, what the heck was wrong with that guy? It works perfectly for a podcast because, I, you know, people are forced to listen to me. But in person, it's difficult. <laughs> people are forced. Uh, yeah. And no. I also wanted to, to mention how you, you, you know, said when you talk to an RPD or, or a current resident or something, you know, gauge where they're at on that scale. And I, I would suggest being always being professional up front and, and a little over professional but you know until you're absolutely sure that you can back it down a little bit and be more friendly i've been burned a couple of times mm. by being just too casual like on the outside you mean yeah 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 that's it videos watch the videos and you'll find out some good tips for your interviews yes <laughs> check them out was it s-i-u-e was that the uh the channel that was s-i-u-e pharmacy suey yeah that <laughs> So um, th- we'll put the links in the show notes too to make sure people can find it real easily. Um, and then do you have uh, like any social media or anything like that that people could follow you on if they wanted to, to kind of watch your journey through residency? I do have an Instagram and a Facebook. I think that's all I have. I'm a big LinkedIn kind of girl. No, that's good. I, I would recommend LinkedIn. <laughs> no, LinkedIn's great. I mean, She's like, very professional. Yeah, She's no. more professional than we are. That's the problem. <laughs> We need to do more on LinkedIn, <laughs> but um, I think that uh, no, I mean that's great. And LinkedIn's gotten so much better for network. It used to be people just added everybody to their contacts and never did anything with it. But I feel like this, they've increased the you know usability of the platform a lot. But um, no, that's that's great. So um, maybe uh, if I. Uh, you can say no to this or not, but we can maybe put some kind of contact, whether it's email or something like that, in the show notes as well, in case people have more questions. Um, but um, is there anything else like that you want to make sure you mention about the program while we're while we're still on, or anything in particular that stood out? Um, I don't want to give too much away because I want people to go check it out. But anything, kind of summarizing. I think the biggest thing that I want everyone to know: one, that they're free. Um, and, and two, that they are relatively short videos and they're broken down by topic. And so if you're really curious, just specifically on what to, they look for on a curriculum vitae, you can just watch the video on that and only spend six minutes of your time, wherever you're located. If you're on the West coast, just watch the West coast video. Like that's totally okay. Um, so you don't have to spend hours and hours watching these videos, um, so I, I tried to make them as, as short and accessible as possible. Yeah, that's awesome. It's great. Yeah. I really just can't think of a reason not to watch them. That's true. Um, we're gonna we're gonna pay attention to how many link clicks we get, and if it's not the ima- exact amount of people that exact listen to this amount. podcast, we're gonna have a problem. Even if you're <laughs> done with residency, you have to go watch them. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, any plans in the future as far as like continuing this, or have you thought about how you could keep this project going? I have thought about taking it in a different spin. So maybe looking at 
interviewing like new preceptors versus preceptors that started precepting 30 years ago and like how you know that has changed or how you you direct a resident or teach a student um but then also my mentors um they are already trying to like think of the next students that they want to pick on to like update this because because these videos i hate to say it might go out of date in four or five years just because it things change mm -hmm. advice change thoughts change so yeah. get them all they're hot people <laughs> <laughs> let's go step it up now that's awesome that's really cool um yeah i really appreciate you taking the time obviously you're really busy and stuff like that i appreciate you coming on and reaching out to us in the first place and you know uh, we'll definitely try to get the word out as best we can and you know, promote it on instagram and stuff like that so um you know this is this is good I, I think this is a fantastic idea and i'm really glad you put all this effort and time into it because i think a lot of people are going to benefit so that's awesome well thank you thank you for having me on and definitely feel free to contact me with residency or Fellowship, if you're familiar with fellowship, I have contacts for that too. So I can get you to where you need to go. That's Very fantastic. cool. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. And thank you. Really? Thank you guys all for listening. Um, I I know that was helpful, so I'm not even going to say I hope that was helpful like I usually do with our stuff. And so uh, if you want more information, definitely check out the uh, the show notes. We'll have the links in that um, as well as uh, Kristen's contact um, info. And if you have any questions for Cole or myself, make sure you reach out to us on either email, which is in the show notes, or you can use any of the social media platforms. Um, you can text us directly at 415-943-6116. Um, and, you know, if anything at all questions suggestions um rants that's cool too we'll listen to them um, especially if they make us laugh and uh it, and I, we also really appreciate um not only the support we're getting from the listeners and you know some of the feedback and stuff that we're getting but also the people subscribing the patreon account thank you for the support there um that definitely helps us to make the show better and better equipment and all that good stuff and so um yes thank you guys so much for the support and we'll keep uh Keep trying to improve the show and make it something you want to keep listening to. So we'll see you guys next time. Have a great night. Thanks.